Welcome to the Ellis Martin Report. During this broadcast, you will learn of potential investment opportunities involving publicly traded companies. These companies have paid us for exposure on this program. We ask that before you consider any possible investment choice, do your own research. You can begin the research process by visiting our website, ellismartinreport.com. Remember, if you do invest in any publicly traded concern, you do so at your own risk. Here's the host of the Ellis Martin Report, Ellis Martin. Greetings. On today's program, I'll speak with Dr. Paul Westsells, the president and CEO of Western Copper and Gold, trading as WRN on the New York Stock Exchange and on the TSX. The company has a large copper and gold project in the Yukon. I'll also speak with Dr. Jack Regan, the CEO and founder of Lexagene, trading as LXG on the TSX Venture Exchange and as LXXGF in the U.S. Lexagene has developed a fully automated pathogen detection platform, which aims to transform the way organizations prevent and diagnose disease in multi-billion dollar markets such as food safety, veterinary diagnostics, water quality monitoring, aquaculture pathogen surveillance, and more. Let's begin the program. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me now for a conversation with Paul Westsells, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold, trading as WRN on the New York Stock Exchange and WRN on the TSX. Western Copper and Gold is solely focused on developing the world-class casino project located in the politically stable Yukon Territory. Currently in the permitting phase, Casino is poised to be the premier copper gold mine in Canada and the flagship mine for the Yukon. Western Copper and Gold, through its wholly owned subsidiary, Casino Mining Corporation, is committed to developing the casino mine in a manner that provides economic opportunity for all involved while maintaining the highest levels of social and environmental practices. Paul, welcome back to the program. It's great to be back. If you don't mind, give us a quick overview of the company. Western Copper and Gold are developing the casino project up in the Yukon. We're looking at a large copper gold project, 18 million ounces of gold, 10 billion pounds of copper, advanced project. This is a project that's got a full feasibility study. We're working its way through permitting. And not only are we in the Yukon, but you know our neighbors to the right are Gold Corp, and the neighbors to the left are uh, Agnico Eagle and Kinross. So it's, a, it's an exciting jurisdiction, and it's an exciting place to be. You have a recent news release outlining a Cisco acquiring the Orion Mine Finance Royalty Portfolio. How does that involve Western Copper and Gold specifically? There's a royalty on the project, a 2.75% NSR royalty. We sold a portion of that to Orion Mine Finance in 2012. That's really the money that we've used to finance our feasibility study and the permitting work over the past few years. And they've been, you know, a great partner. But, you know, we're pretty excited to be now working with Cisco. And, you know, cisco has got a great track record in terms of helping move projects forward and being there. And, you know, a royalty is, you know, no one gets paid until the mine's into production. So, you know, it's a different sort of partnership, but it's a partnership and, you know, we look forward to moving the project forward with them. Well, clearly, Cisco and Ryan believe in you. Yeah, we were happy to see that when the news release came out from Cisco and and Orion, you know, it was a package of 74 royalties, and they highlighted the 20 top, and then we were in the 20 top royalties there. So it was a big transaction, you know, $1.1 billion is is what that transaction was for the package of royalties, so we were happy to be featured in that package. We've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating again. Goldman Sachs has listed Western Copper and Gold as their number one copper pick in the world. Keeping this in mind, what would you say to those potential investors considering resource stocks in this market going into the summer? I'm a pretty big believer in copper, and because if you look at what's happening in the world, it's just getting more electrified. There was a 
article came out this morning, I was flipping through, it sort of looked at the fact that the copper demand for electric cars is going to increase tenfold. You look at what's happening in China, they're electrifying more and more of that. Interestingly, in China, they actually have a federal mandate there in China to have you know up to 10% of the new cars be electric, I think, in the next 10 years. So it's a big commodity. I mean, in, in terms of materials commodity, I mean, it's sort of second only to iron ore in terms of tons that need to be mined and sold. So it's a big commodity. What we're seeing right now is we're just coming out of an oversupply situation. If you go back to 2010, the number of mines were built and too much supply came online. We're now on the back end of that. And, and that's what you saw really at, in October of last year when you saw the copper price go from $2 to 250 It was the realization that the supply is not going to meet the demand. And really to get the next block of copper online and for the next sort of wave of mines to come online, we need $3, if not 350 copper. I think we're going to see that in the next year. And if you go back and look at what happened in October of last year, copper price went from $2 to 250 very quickly. I went, you know, moved that quickly in, in sort of about three weeks. So I expect the same thing to happen. I mean, right now, copper's nicely sitting at about between 250 and 260 but I think when it moves to $3, it's going to do so quickly, and I think that's going to happen, you know, sometime in the next six months. Well, copper is a universal metal used basically for anything electronic. It's also used in the construction of buildings as a ground wire, not to mention wiring in general. There should be a great deal of new construction going on in the coming years. Given that, and also the ramping up of electric vehicles globally, speculate if you will, how high can the price of copper go? Well, if you look at the last cycle, copper went up to about $4.20. So you would expect this cycle for it to sort of hit that and then go higher. So I think that $6 copper is a reasonable sort of target. And, you know, you look at that opportunity. I mean, copper now is sitting at 250 and companies such as Western is highly levered to that copper price. Copper at $6, when copper hits that, and this is why you want to buy junior mining names, is that they rise faster than the underlying commodity price rises. So, I mean, when copper went from $2 to 250 our share price doubled. So if copper makes its way up to $6, you can imagine where our share price is going to be. So while copper has been a less speculative play than gold or silver, that could change, couldn't it? No, absolutely. And, you know, I think that it's been fairly unloved for the past few years. But when you saw it break out from 2 to 250, you saw a lot of new investment. That investment has sort of been quiet over the last little while. So I think the opportunity to get in is right now. What's happening with the casino project in the Yukon? We're continuing to move the project, you know, really to being shovel ready. And we think we're about three years away from the project being shovel ready. So we're working on the permitting, we're doing a little bit of the engineering work. We feel pretty confident that we're three years away from really the thing being shovel ready. And, and that's exciting because moving back, you know, particularly into the copper space, there's not a lot of good projects, economic at today's prices, that are in jurisdictions such as the Yukon. I know that you and members of your team are traveling around the world essentially right now, spreading the word about Western copper and gold. How important is potential shareholder awareness when telling a story such as yours? It's absolutely key. We've been doing a fair chunk of marketing of the company, and really it's, it's on the idea that this is a great copper story, but it's also a great gold story. If you look at the project with 18 million ounces of gold, 9 million ounces of that gold is in reserve. These are rare animals. There's not a lot of significant size gold deposits out there. And when you're looking at the M&A space and you're looking at the major gold companies, for a major gold company to sort of 
go out and acquire and then get a large amount of gold in, in reserve is, is very, very challenging, and there's not a lot of good projects in good jurisdictions. So it's a real asset for us. That's one of the things that's really been resonating with our shareholders that really look on the gold side of things and then on the copper side of things. You know, this is where it's a great opportunity to get into our name, I think, right now. You've started to see the first movement of copper. You know it's going to move fairly soon, and yet you can still sort of get into copper names at a good price. Let's not forget that you're surrounded by some of the biggest majors in the business. The last year has been just an exciting time in the Yukon. And you know, Alice, I think you were up there even before some of this stuff started to happen. But I mean, there's been eight different transactions with major companies making significant investment in the Yukon. And importantly, it's not just the Yukon, it's it's right next to us. I mean, our claims touch Gold Corp to the West and they touch 20% Ecnico, 20% Kinross vehicle to the East. And we're getting surrounded by all these guys and it's an exciting time and we'll see where things go but it's going to be an exciting summer. The writing may indeed be on the wall. Well Paul it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I look forward to more updates from you when they happen. Thanks for joining us on the program. Well thank you very much. I've been speaking with Paul Wessels, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold trading as WRN on the New York Stock Exchange and WRN on the TSX. Listen to this segment again on our website, ellismartreport.com. High-quality but undervalued mining stocks are finally starting to attract the attention of investors. Get the latest news and resource stock investment opportunities with a subscription to Resource World magazine. Published six times a year, Resource World features in-depth articles on mineral area plays, commodities of interest, and valuable investment insights by highly qualified market analysts, geologists, and mining journalists. Go to resourceworld.com to find out more. Did you hear something worth repeating? Find all segments of this program on our website, ellismartinreport.com. Once again, here's Ellis Martin. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Dr. Jack Regan, the CEO and founder of Lexagene, trading as LXG on the TSX Venture Exchange and as LXXGF in the U.S. Lexagene is a biotechnology company developing a fully automated pathogen detection platform for use at the site of sample collection, which offers unprecedented ease of use and breadth of pathogen detection. Lexagene's technology aims to transform the way organizations prevent and diagnose disease in multi-billion dollar markets, such as food safety, veterinary diagnostics, water quality monitoring, aquaculture pathogen surveillance, and more. Jack, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for having me on the program. Tell us exactly what kind of company Lexagene is, if you don't mind. Lexagene is a biotech company. We are developing instruments to detect pathogens. Can you tell me about the markets you're targeting specifically? Sure. Uh, when it comes to detecting pathogens, most people first think of human clinical diagnostics. This is natural as we all get sick. It affects all of us. It is the largest segment of this market. But I'd like to remind your listeners that veterinary diagnostics itself is a $6.7 billion market. Another big market for us is food safety. Food producers need to screen their food items to confirm they are free and clear of infectious agents before selling them to customers. If you combine these markets together, you're looking at a $36 billion market opportunity. Now back to what Lexagene is doing to try to tap into these big markets. We are developing a very advanced, fully automated microfluidic instrument that detects pathogens very quickly. Now for these markets, speed is critical. On the healthcare side, knowing what a patient is infected with while they're still in the clinic still allows physicians to more accurately prescribe therapeutics. On the food safety side, it allows food safety officers to more quickly clear their products for direct shipment to customers, 
rather than waiting days for a result by conventional testing. Why does conventional testing typically take so long? It takes so long because uh, people collecting the samples don't have the technology available to them on site that allows them to analyze their samples. Instead, they generally have to ship their collected samples to a specialized laboratory where a specialist runs a series of complex tests that requires hours, if not days, to return results. The instrument Lexigene is building automates these complex steps that a specialist would normally have to perform manually. By placing our instrument in the facilities where the samples are collected, we'll be able to empower the individuals who collect these samples to process them themselves and get answers back in about an hour. This reduces time to result down from a day or more to just one hour. As you can imagine, our technology will allow healthcare workers to better manage the care of their patients. And on the food safety side, it allows food producers to maximize the value of their products by quickly verifying that their products are safe for consumption. This allows them to ship directly to their customers rather than having their products wait days in storage before conventionally testing returns a result. Tell us how Lexagene got started. Yeah, Lexagene is a, a really a spin-off company from Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, where I was developing an automated instrument to detect biowarfare agents, such as anthrax and plague. The instrument I helped build was adopted by the Department of Homeland Security to be part of their BioWatch program. This is a government program for biothreat surveillance. Although the technology was very good, I felt I could design an even better instrument that would be useful in other markets aside from biothreat surveillance. The result of my work is the foundation upon which Lexagene was founded. The new instrument I designed will be able to process more samples at once, it'll screen for more pathogens, and it will also return results in just one hour. As for myself, as I mentioned, I'm the inventor of the technology. I have a doctorate in biomedical sciences. During my professional career, I've held leadership positions in large biotech companies such as Applied Biosystems and Life Technologies. I've also helped a startup called Quantalife launch their flagship product and got them positioned to be acquired by Biorad in 2011 for $162 million. Lastly, I was also a principal investigator at the National Lab where I invented the automated instrument that Lexagene is now commercializing. So I take care of the technical expertise in the company. As you are well aware, as a public company, we also need someone who has a deep understanding of the capital markets. For us, that person is my partner, Daryl Rebeck. He was VP and a senior investment advisor with Canaccord Genuity, where he raised capital for small companies. He has experience building value in startup companies and selling them for big profits. For example, he helped develop Caden Resources, which was sold to Nico for just over $200 million in 2014. Most recently, he was a senior VP at Orin Resources. When we were first introduced, and I told him of Lexagene's potential, he resigned from Orin and has thankfully joined me here at Lexagene. Let's take a look at the share structure of the company. We currently have 50 million shares outstanding and just under $2 million in the treasury. This is sufficient capital to get us through alpha prototype development, after which we will raise about $20 million in to get us through commercialization in one year beyond. In the US, we are traded on the OTC. Our current share price is about 47 cents per share, which puts our valuation at about 17 million. When will you start generating revenue? Well, right now we are developing our alpha prototype, which will be done in November. After this milestone, we anticipate closing the round of funding I just mentioned, which will provide us the capital we need to go commercial at the end of 2018. So revenue will start rolling in at the end of next year. This is a long time to wait. Why should my listeners invest in your company? Yes, it may sound like a long time to wait, but we are building a highly technical piece of equipment, and this isn't something that can be done in haste. We have a staged approach to building quality instrumentation, so that when we hit the market, we'll be confident that our instrument will be robust and offer best-in-class detection capabilities. Do you believe your valuation is potentially low? 
Well, I'm not surprised by our current low valuation since we have not yet begun to really get our story out into the public. Some folks are still concerned the prototype isn't done yet, but we are on schedule with development and based on our preliminary studies, we are very confident it will work as advertised. Once we get on the market, I think there will be fast adoption, so we'll start generating revenue quickly. What is your exit plan? We are positioning ourselves to be acquired by a bigger biotech company when the time is right. From my past experiences, I believe the best time is within the first year of generating revenue. So that is about two or three years from now. Although we may entertain offers earlier, the reason for waiting is because I believe once we get the product on the market, we will provide the greatest return of investment for our shareholders. If you look at other startups in the biodetection space that were recently acquired, the companies that come to mind are HandyLab, which was acquired in 2009 for $275 million. We also have BioFire, which was acquired in 2013 for $450 million. And also Acuum, which was acquired in 2014 for also $450 million. We are now trading at just $17 million. Our low valuation is because we are still in development and are just starting to get the story out. However, I do think it is not unreasonable to think that in two or three years' time, we'll be at comparable valuations to these companies. So for those investors wanting to get in early, I really do think that Lexagene is an exceptional opportunity. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure learning about your company today. I look forward to speaking with you again in the very near future. Thanks so much for joining me today in the program. Certainly. Thanks again for having me on. Appreciate it. I've been speaking with Dr. Jack Regan, the CEO and founder of Lexagene, trading as LXG on the TSX Venture Exchange and as LXXGF in the U.S. Listen to this segment again on our website, ellismartinreport.com. You've just heard opinion, commentary, and dissertation involving publicly traded companies seeking your potential investment. They paid us for the privilege. Invest at your own risk and only after doing extensive research. Find our sponsors and listen to segments of this program again on our website, ellismartinreport.com.